welcome to the Poison Honey Podcast, where we discuss the bitter truths of life with raw vulnerability, honesty, and a dash of humor. I am your host, Manorak of Grey, artist and writer, author of A Tale of Her, which is the sponsor of this podcast. So if you want to support us, consider getting the book. It is a short story with poetry and artwork all done by me. If poetry is not your thing or you just don't have the funds to get the book, consider supporting us by following us on social media or sharing this podcast with someone you think needs it or will enjoy it. Today's topic is Autism Spectrum Disorder, better known as ASD or simply autism. The spectrum disorder includes many different types of autism, such as Asperger's disorder and pervasive developmental disorder. The main thing is that the autism experience is different for everyone, and this can impact children from early childhood and impact their social skills, communication, and also just building relationships and, and self-regulating and things such as emotion. And and autism is something that is rising in or has risen in prevalence in the last few years. Just looking at the, the numbers for the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and they report that it has risen to one in every 44 people, and that is a, a more than double from the 2004 rate that was one in 125. And they also report that children receiving their diagnosis from the age of four are way more likely to receive services. Now, there are a, a few things listed on how the characteristics, for example, someone with ASD. Um, it can include, for example, not responding to name by nine months, not showing facial expressions, uh, also as early as nine months, and also not noticing when others are hurt or upset by 24 months of age. There's this just a whole list, and I'm not going to go <laughs> through everything. Um, but these are some examples that professionals look at when diagnosing someone with ASD. In this episode, I will be interviewing Sam Mitchell. Sam is uh, living with autism, and he has here his own podcast, where he explains uh, or takes you on a journey through his mind and and also explains about coping strategies. I find our conversation really interesting, and I think that it has to be continued. I would love to interview more people with uh, on the spectrum of autism because I find it so interesting. As Sam says, it's he doesn't find it a disorder, but he finds it that he thinks differently, has different thinking patterns, and I spend. Uh, I will be honest, I'll spend the majority of our interviews trying to get in in his head and trying to understand how it is for him 
living with autism. And if, if this is a topic that you are also interested in wanting to know more about, if you want me to go further into this topic, please don't hesitate to contact me and tell me that. And I will make sure to get more people on the spectrum of autism on the podcast. With that being said, without any further ado, here is the interview. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. Good to be here. So you have a story of vulnerability for us that you want to share with us. What is the story of vulnerability that you want to share? Well, so hello, everyone. I'm Sam Mitchell. It's nice to meet everyone out there. I do run the podcast called Autism Rocks and Rolls, and it is about autism and how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. And the reason why I'm on here is the story I want to share is about overcoming the adversity the autism itself, I still have it, but I believe it's an ability, not a disability, and that there's no normal. Right. So tell us a little bit how it is to, to live with autism. Well, it's a little bit, de- well, it depends on what you, society sees the definition of autism as a neurodevelopmental conditional disorder. I see it as a different way of thinking. So living with autism, to answer your question, is I guess you'd say being a little more creative, being more outgoing, adventurous, spontaneous. And sometimes I'll be I'll be honest with you, unrealistic. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I guess we in, in some extent I also struggle with these things. So like um uh, what makes it then that someone is on the spectrum of uh, autism in this case? What do you, what do you, what's the question? I don't understand, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um so you said you're a bit more like creative, outgoing, and some sometimes um, unrealistic. Um, so my question was, you know, sometimes I even struggle with these things. So what is then the difference uh, between you and I that makes you on the spectrum of uh, autism? Well, I guess, I, okay, um, I can try to answer that. The one way I guess that it makes it a little different is I don't think about it. Like if it's unrealistic, mm, too bad it's gonna happen. Example: I a while back ago, I think it was uh, December of uh, last year, I had to get wisdom teeth pulled out. Mm-hmm. Now I wanted to go to the doctor just to be there and just to feel calm and relax and see if they could do something. Well, unfortunately, it was at six closing time, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Fine, if we can't go in, that's fine. But at least give me the parking lot. Can we wait in the parking lot?" And we did, thankfully, and Mom was kind of a little out there and unrealistic. Just okay. just being there was very helpful for me. So at the end of the day, it was unrealistic, but I did it and I didn't care. Okay, okay. I, 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 I'm kind of getting like some things that maybe for me, I, I would think, okay, they're closing, so I'll leave. For you, you just rather in this specific situation you rather than wait and it helps you in a in a certain way uh, right, or be around the building okay and how does it help you actually uh, well it makes me it makes me in a way feel like i'm there i know i'm not there not there but i feel like i'm there in a way right okay and and did it also help in the sense of like because it, it was your wisdom tooth you said that that had to be pulled out yeah it was wisdom teeth and I was still very in pain. And mm-hmm. that day I didn't, I didn't say I go berserkers, but that day I think I lost my mind. Right. 
So I was like, okay, I don't care. I'm, I'm, my mind's lost at this point. We got to do something. If that includes waiting in the parking lots, so be it. So, but the pain stayed. It didn't like alleviate your pain or something like this. Alleviate my mind. Right. So you get a sense of, um, what is the right word that I want to use? It calms you down in a way to be there. Yeah. And, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so how has having, I guess it's maybe also a difficult question to that. Like, how has it impacted you having had uh, living with uh, um, autism? Well, that's actually a great question. I'll give you props for that. So how it, the impact with autism is it's made me, as I said earlier, think in a different way. And the impact that it has on me is every day I, I w- wake up with a lot of daily struggles I have to overcome. Socializing is very difficult for me. There are times where I'm surprised I do interviews and right. I want to, I would not do this 12 years ago or five years ago. So I'm very surprised at myself when it comes to that. I do struggle with daily changes. Like I don't like spontaneous, like with when I was younger, I didn't like you changing the schedule with a snap of your fingers. Okay. If I knew ahead of time, say you're going to Walmart. Okay, cool. But if you didn't tell me we're going to Walmart, Bobby was supposed to go to Rule King, I'd freak out. And I'm a lot better than now. I'm pretty much a laid back guy. But my weakness is when it comes to something I love, I don't ch- I don't like changing it. Like for the podcasting, I don't like changing. It drives me nuts when I have to, but I do. But it still drives me berserk first. Right. And what have you had to change? I can give me some examples uh, in the podcast then. Okay. Yeah, I could try to do that for you. So sometimes last – I'm on season two right now. So when I was doing season one, we had a sometimes – flip-flop episodes because celebrities wanted to come on and while that was great i had to change the episodes and move it around and good for the better it didn't make me happy in that moment okay so so it's if you have like a certain um just trying to to like put myself in your shoes here so um if you have like a certain plan and you're like very passionate about it having to go this way it then becomes difficult for you when there's like last minute changes or any changes to and it and when there's a roadblock in it i'm like oh son of a you know what yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i don't mind you can cuss it's okay uh, <laughs> um right and and so how have you learned to because I, i assume this is not something you overcome how have you learned to live with it well i learned to live with autism just Because I've, because through experience, I would say, you know, it's not been all sunshines and roses. It's taken a village to raise me. It really, really has. But the way you learn with to live with it is, I guess, with age and maturity. Honestly, mm-hmm. some days I know with me, even I'm 19, it will be rough. But there are some days that, man, it's a great day, and it's you can smell the roses and the sunshine to see that I'm doing something well. And it's, and it's coming more of that as the days go by. There's more good days than bad days. That's great. That's great. And how old were you, you said? 19. 19. Like, how, how was the the school, how, like, going to school with you? Like, let's say the, the regular, what we find regular things, right? As, as like... Uh, okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So, it with school... It was iffy, iffy. My school I went to was wonderful. I wouldn't change that at all. Mm-hmm. But it depends on what you're talking about. Staff and the superintendent and all them, excellent. If the, I would always say if you're a special needs child or you have a child with a hidden ability, 
my school's the best one out there. Right. And that's just my opinion. I'm obviously biased because I went there, but the way they treated me, I wouldn't change it at all. But students, eh, it's a little tricky. I, I had to deal with exclusion. I had to deal with not trying to find the filter. I got very social anxiety. They, I, it's hard to understand what it feels like when you're talking with another, your own species, because it's sometimes very nerve wracking. And I shouldn't be, but here I am. Okay. So that's one, that's how school was for me, but I didn't do well with daily changes when I was in elementary. In elementary, you always had like specials where you had to switch classes, like computer, art, gym, all them. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I like, I don't mind it now. I know in high school you have to switch classes, but in elementary, I didn't like that. So I don't think we had a wonderful teacher that helped me out with a Velcro to understand the routine. Right. And one certain situation, you know, I was always a very good student. In elementary, you got to eat with the teacher on uh, Friday. Well, unfortunately, the teacher wasn't there on Friday, and she moved her to Monday. I wasn't too happy about that because I was it broke my routine. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't care who the teacher is. We eat in the we eat in the room on Friday. Ever since that Friday, and if you try to call me. Yeah, I'd probably go over my head. I'd still repeat the sentence every every Friday. We eat with the teacher, right? It's it's almost a sense of is it like a sense of disbelief in that moment that this that it's not going how it's supposed to go, or or is I guess so. I mean, I wonder why I do that occasionally, or why I did when I was younger. Right. There's some. There are some behaviors I do that I question why do I do it, but yet I do it. Right. <laughs> okay, that's understandable. It's, it's almost uh, some things are kind of out of your control, if I understand that. Yeah, Correct. some of them, okay. I would say so. But then some, I'm I can I know I can be I've been better at. Yeah, the daily changes example. Younger me couldn't handle that. Older me can. So it will come, and there'll be different challenges at certain ages. Meltdowns will be a big one. I know. I don't have many, much more. I call them external and internal meltdowns. <laughs> Externals where you know, like it's basically because at Walmart, it's not a tantrum. It's not where your child doesn't get their favorite toys just because of a sensory overload. Right. That's a full on meltdown. I used to have those, but I learned to cool it off. And what I do is I have um, internal meltdowns, and I become. It's basically like I just shut down like this, mm-hmm. and I become very nervous. Very like quiet and very what I call the one worded guy. So if I was on an internal meltdown and you asked me a question, it would be, yeah, hey, cool. I yeah. want to elaborate on it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. So you're basically at that point retracted like into yourself and just you're I, I i i can in a sense i i'm trying to understand it. i think i do um just trying to put it like into perspective also for the people listening it's like really going into yourself and not wanting to deal with the outside world at that moment or maybe not even being able to deal um with the outside world at, at the moment of the internal meltdown um, yeah i would say that that could be a great explanation that's probably the reason why I do that it's just because I cannot focus on anything right now, but what I'm panicking over or what's bothering me really bad right now. There's no moving on. There's no putting it on the back burner. Right. It's uh, I can't like shove, put it aside, and continue on uh, in this in a sense in that way. 
And so you, you started, what, what made you want to start doing like podcasting, uh, like this uh, Rocks and Rolls uh, Corporation? Well, let's start after my high school's media club. And ever since I fell in love with the podcast, because it really clicked with me, I knew I couldn't continue uh, my school's podcast forever and do it along with some of my friends. So I figured the only way to continue my media skills was to start my own podcast. And I'm always a man of my word. I always like to say, when I do something and I when I say it, trust me, it's going to happen. Right. So that's what happened. And here I am. And it turned to a corporation, honestly, after I got sponsors, because initially it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. But when I got sponsors, it kind of turned into a full-blown nonprofit business. And uh, so is there anything else that you do then with the business that I, aside from the podcasting? <clears throat> yes, I do. I sell motivational speaking services. I sell merchandise. I offer podcast coaching sessions, sponsorships, ad space on my podcast, and many others I probably can't think of right now. Educational <laughs> writing, I know I offer that. <laughs> right. And then which one of all of those things that you get to do, do you enjoy doing the most? The speaking, sharing the story. I'm, I'm not the type of guy who gets really nervous on stage. I'm the complete opposite. It's hard to do when you're in front of people you know because you know them and they'll basically tell you you're gonna you suck. But when you're in front of strangers, it's I guess easy to me and more at ease for me because I don't know them and they're gonna only hear it once and they're out the door. But it takes like a bit of pressure off of it, I suppose. Like uh, if your family sees you later, they can remind you what you did wrong and you, those strangers you will never see again. So yeah, and, and family. And if with family, you always want to please your family. I and I hope you do too. I hope you want to please your family. But and then when you don't, it kind of hits you in the heart. I, yeah, I I completely understand that. Though I find that I, I've had to find some balance with it myself because at at some point uh, I wanted to please my family too much, and that kind of became a blockade for me personally because I do tend to kind of think and want different things from what my family wants. Um, and it's not necessarily bad things, but uh, if I've had to find a balance in, in uh, pleasing my family, so doing what I want, but doing something that makes them proud at least. I think. Yeah, I, hope. I agree with that statement. I mean, I try to, but I'm not, let's put it this way. I'm not, well, I try to at the same time, I'm not a people pleaser. I do, I kind of follow the phrase that, like a young rebel, I do what I want, when I want. And I know there's rules, because my grandfather taught my mother, basically, you can kind of do what you want, but there's also rules and consequences. And while I follow that, I don't want to say I break the rules, I don't, I'm a rule follower. But if I have to push the rules a little bit, I will. I completely understand. I think I'm a little bit like this as well, like where where I can uh, push the boundaries, I think. It's good to push boundaries sometimes, but in the sense that you're saying that don't uh, completely go and ignore the, the set of rules that are in place is also an important balance to find in life. So how has going into this uh, media, um, doing your advocacy and podcasting changed the way that you see yourself? Well, I would say it's been for the better. I see improvements. I actually see a lot more better improvements with my social skills than five years ago. 
honestly. I really, really do. I would also say that it's very therapeutic for me because I get to say some some stories that I haven't shared or have felt comfortable saying because I didn't want to cause controversy with my family nor my friends or I didn't want to scare anyone away. Right. But I have a platform now where I can share those opportunities and the more I do it, the more at ease I feel. And I just feel like, man, I've been needing to hold that in for a long time and I just let that out. Hallelujah. That's yeah, it can be a great feeling. Yeah, I completely understand that. And um so who are some of the people that have come to your podcast and you want to tell us about that? Well, some of my friends have, some of my friends listen to it. Not some some support it, some don't care about it. I mean <laughs> they care, but they don't love it, love it. Some love it, love it. So it all depends on who you're talking about with that mm-hmm. group. But also family, very supportive of it, always have since I started it. And then I would say some followers I have, which I have, I think over 300 followers. Mm-hmm. And then I'd also say some people who support it and like it are probably some teachers at the school and are just happy to hear what I'm doing. It's great. And do you have um, some fans that are also like you living with autism? Uh, yeah, I would say there's some people out there. I have friends on the spectrum who could take a lot from it. Mm-hmm. I can give you an example, maybe. So I, when I went to Oklahoma to do my very first speaking gig, I met a young man uh, who shall remain nameless out of privacy. So, But he said that he enjoyed it, and he it was the very first time for him. But I heard, according to my mother, who is my editor, she once, she heard him say and told her, your son gives me hope. And that's just sure right there. I'm doing something right. Right. That's beautiful. Yes. So do you have any tips for someone out there uh, with autism that perhaps is still struggling or struggling a bit more with it uh, uh, than you are at the moment? Yeah, I would say, honestly, as my mother always says, be you, be yourself. And I know it's a cliche phrase, but be you, be yourself and don't give a damn about what other people think of you. I know it's kind of rule-breaking and kind of harsh, but I had to learn that the hard way and not care what others think of you. You're kind of living a great life. You don't have to be a people pleaser, too. And uh, what if they, like you, want to to start their own project or something like this? Go for it. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. The only person holding yourself back is you. That's great. And, I mean, that it's it's really nice to hear your story and to hear how you've uh, learned to uh, live with this and also everything that you're doing. Uh, so I'm just thinking, is there anything else that you would like to share with us at the moment or any takeaways? Well, I guess, first of all, thanks for having me on again. And I think, honestly, and I'll end it with this. If the world could be nice, not be stupid, I think we get along well. Why don't you agree? I agree. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the Poison Honey podcast. And I, I mean, I look forward to what you do more in the future. And I wish you good luck uh, with your uh, mission uh, of uh, continuing in media. I, I think you are doing really great. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's really inspirational 
not being really social, as you were you were saying before, to be out there and sharing your story and going on podcasts, having your own podcast and, and doing all these public speaking is really great. Thank, thank you. So that was the, this episode of Poison Honey Podcast. Uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Until next time.